We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Is4 podcast. Tonight's episode is full of punches and kicks and side-scrolling and special moves that drain a little bit of your own health but really pack a punch on your enemy. Tonight, I will be your host, the lovable, huggable monster. And joining me is the vivacious Sarge. Howdy. And the slightly blue Danger. What is what exactly does vivacious mean? I'm taking it as a compliment. I don't give a no, shit what I, it means. I, his toe I'll be tells honest me it was a compliment, you. but I don't know. So I'll be honest with you. I do not know the definition of vivacious. Now, I know that we could Google this and have it all done, but no. Too late. We're too no. deep. We're too yeah. deep. Tonight, we will be discussing the letter S is for Streets of Rage. Now, Streets of Rage is a side-scroller beat-em-up from the Sega Genesis era. And this is one of my personal favorite video games, video game series of all time. Sarge. Sarge, what you heart you, I heart you too, man. Thanks, <laughs> monster. Vivacious is attractively lively and animated. Thanks. You want to redo the intro? You know what's interesting <laughs> is I feel like you are the polar opposite of all three of those adjectives. That's so why I said figure. you want to redo it. <laughs> Sarge, what are your thoughts on Streets of Rage? Well, as growing up in the but- button masher era. Uh, thank you for completing the word button. <laughs> yeah, no, right? <laughs> The button masher the era. Butt like, masher. <laughs> yeah. Is that an exercise equipment from the 30s? It, it Suzanne Summers sold it. <laughs> I really fell in love with games like Streets of Rage, Street Fighters, Mortal Kombat, stuff like that. That was like my bread and butter because it took literally no skill to play and you could spam the same like three moves and win almost every match. Yep. Yeah, to an extent. And and the beat-em-up genre, it's interesting. Different games had different learning curves. Some of them were real simple to pick up. Like you said, spam the punch and kick button and you just work your way through it. Others were a little more nuanced. Danger, how about you? What are your thoughts on Streets of Rage? I'd like to say I played the first one. I don't think I did. The second one, Streets of Rage 2, was the thing that lived in my house. Sega Genesis was king in my home. Nintendo, until Sega Genesis came along, until we got a Master System. And my brother and I played the hell out of Streets of Rage 2. Just, I'm surprised that cartridge still worked. We played it so much. You know, I know we talked about uh, how much he and I played um, NBA Jam Tournament Edition. No, nothing compared to Streets of Rage. And then... I would, you know, was like, Hey, you know, here we should play the first one. We put it in and both of us were like, what's this bullshit? This, you know, from, yeah. from a side scroller perspective, right? I had like my top four side scrollers. I would load up and play first one streets of rage. Second one I would go to is I bust out the old NES and play some Contra. And then outside of that, I go back to the NES and I play the original teenage mutant Ninja turtles game for yeah. the side scrolling action of it. And then the Simpsons. The Simpsons sky, uh, side-scroller. Phenomenal game. I think that Streets of Rage had a massive, massive impact on the beat-em-up. And you know, I do want to go back and finish. 
we did put in the third one and we're like, this is cool, but this isn't Streets of Rage 2 and that's what we want. Right. But, and and we'll get into why that is. Yeah, um, I'm sure we will. As the episode goes on. I'm sure we will. Um, But Streets of Rage, I think Streets of Rage and the Turtles games pretty much set the bar for what side-scroller beat-em-ups were and all other ones tried to be one of those, if not a combination of the two. Especially now, Turtles in Time. Such a damn good game. Abs- absolutely. And to Sarge's point, some of the uh, beat-em-ups he was referring to were arcade only. And in a time where the console was just starting to really get a uh, uh, revitalization after the whole Atari meltdown, uh, you had Nintendo and then obviously your Super Nintendos and your Sega Genesis. And Streets of Rage, along with Final Fight for Super Nintendo, and we'll get to that in a minute, really cemented the home console side-scroller beat-em-up. Before that, on NES, they couldn't quite pull it off. You had Double Dragon, you had Battletoads, you had the the, uh, Ninja Turtle game there, but they didn't quite capture the arcade feel the way Streets of Rage and Final Fight were able to do. Now, I will say towards the end of the SNES and then into the Super Nintendo, I do feel like they got a lot closer to it than than the original games they were rolling out. But that's with almost every system. They kind of learned how to use it to their advantage. Sure, sure. So Streets of Rage was released July 17th, 1991. But our story is going to start a little bit earlier than that, back in 1984. Okay. A Japanese developer named, uh, by the company named Irem released an arcade game titled Spartan X. Here in America, they kind of reworked the graphics a little bit, and it was called Kung Fu Master. This was an arcade game, but it was ported to the NES as well. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I think it was just called Kung Fu when it came to mm-hmm. NES, but it was one of the black cart, the black cases, and it was literally, you walked to the right side of the screen, you walked to the left side of the screen, and enemies would just run at you, and you could punch or kick, and when you got to the end of the level, there was a boss that you had to try to fight. I don't think I ever played that one, but... I did. You could totally oh, yeah. cheese that game. Yeah, yeah, there was, if you do the duck kick, you're pretty much, you're pretty much golden. You can beat anybody. But it was real, it was real basic, but that is sort of considered the original beat-em-up, like the first beat-em-up of all time. Then, shortly after that, you had games like Renegade and Double Dragon, which started to push the genre forward. Then you had multiple levels, you had 3D space, you weren't just walking left or right, you had a whole, you know, plane to walk on to you fight bad guys. You could up and down in addition to left and right right Mm -hmm. but the big turning point came in 1989 with the release of final fight it wasn't that much different than a lot of the beat-em-ups that had came before it but this time the sprites were much bigger the colors were brighter and it became a very very popular game there's a little bit of controversy over what happened when it came out of the arcade and into the home console market but at the end of the day, Nintendo got the rights to it, which is why Final Fight was a Super Nintendo exclusive. Now, obviously, you've got the console limitations versus the arcade cabinet, so it was a little bit shorter, the sprites weren't quite as detailed, and you couldn't do two-player, which is 
you know, kind of a bummer when it comes to these kind of games. Right. So for clarification, please clarify this for our listeners. You're saying the word sprites. Explain to the, 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 the listeners real quick what you mean by a sprite in a game. It's not a lemon-lime thing. It's, <laughs> I was going to say, it's a refreshing lemon-lime soda. Um, sprite is a really fancy term for the little characters you see on the screen. I mean, the sprites can be anything from great big bad guys in a, in a video game to the little robot that rolls by on the bottom of the screen. It's just a fancy... I guess it's the video game term for characters on screen. It's the video game right. term for a cluster of pixels to make an image. I like that better. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank I, you for clarifying. I was just trying to help. You, sir, are vivacious. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you my, my words. You know what? Now, now I feel slightly insulted. You were, I, you, Sarge, you are vivate, vivacious. Did I don't, what's past tense of vivacious? You're, vi- so. you're vivarium. Vibranium. Yeah, uh, what is it? Vibranium's a metal in comics. Anyway, go on. Just let's okay. move past Okay, well, so we I'm... can't move past it yet because we got to tell everyone about going to podbean.com slash dangerousarge and getting a free month of podcasting service. And if they don't read those terms and conditions, then... Don't blame us. Then they won't be vivacious because those terms and conditions will apply to their vivacious level. Just keep an eye out for the sprites on the screen as you enter your information. Yes. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best danger impersonation and try to say some Japanese names. Oh, please. I was hoping you were going to a minute ago when you said a Japanese developer, and then you went with, like, other things. The name of the company, yes. Okay. Cheap son of a bitch. (laughs) Lead designer Noroboshi Oba was the director and lead designer brought the idea of doing a street fighting game along the lines of Final Fight and Double Dragon with Yuzo Koshiro. He was the composer. Now, you don't often think about the composer of the music when it comes to some of these old school games. But when it comes to the Streets of Rage series, Mm -hmm. you absolutely do. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to him here in a minute. Oba had taken the Shinobi arcade game and basically reworked it into Shinobi's Revenge, which was uh, Shinobi Part 3 for the Sega Genesis. And it was a huge su- huge success. It was a very popular game on the Genesis. But he showed... Game. It was. And he showed he could take a arcade cabinet and flip it to a console. Yeah, you got to change some artwork and some stuff, but can still make a great game out of it. Well, good for so, him. I mean, I, I welcome more of that, you know. Yeah or welcomed more of it. I don't know. It was just the conversion of when they could take an actual arcade game and put it into something you could play at home was great, right? but it had to be two player. So Oba basically showed that he could take a con, uh, 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 arcade cabinet concept and put it into the home console. He, he was influenced by, you know, he wanted to make a game that had that final fight, double dragon vibe. And he was influenced by shows like Starsky and Hutch in the A team. So the game was designed for players to focus on preventing enemies from swarming them, as well as to work with a second player using various cooperative team moves. This would eventually come to fruition as the game we all know as Streets of Rage. Does anybody know what it's called in Japan? No, but to know that part of the inspiration for Streets of Rage was Sarsky and Hutch, I find it hilarious. (laughs) I think that is great. Any guesses on the name for the, the... 
Japan version. No, but I do have a comment about the porting over of uh, arcade cabinets to sure at home stations. Right, you were shaking your head, and I was waiting for you to jump in with. I used I used to save up my money, like cut yards, you know, cut grass, rake leaves, you know, pick up trash, pop bottles, pop cans, recycle all that crap. Right, I used to do miscellaneous work around my grandparents' house for money because going to the arcade every Sunday was a tradition, and unfortunately fortunately and unfortunately double-edged sword technology is always a double-edged sword progression is always a double-edged sword sure fewer and fewer arcade games were being created and more skill-based games like you would find at chuck e cheese yeah were taking over the the arcade and then it became went from an arcade to like a fun house the, you're talking about like the kind of game where it's like push the button as the light comes by to get tickets yeah yeah yeah, stuff like that, you know? Well, that is sort of the climate today. But this this is still back in the very early 90s when I'm right there with you. We used to go to the mall. Four Seasons Mall had a killer arcade up at the food court. And I used to go play games there all the time. You know, it's funny that you used the word killer and Four Seasons Mall in the exact same Okay, city. all right, moving on. The name of the game in Japan was Bare Knuckle since nobody wants to guess. No, it's um, not that I didn't want to. It's just I didn't didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. What's really funny is, so just like, uh, I, I want to say the bare knuckle cover has the three main characters on the front, and they're all three posing with their hands up. And if you look carefully, all three of them have something on their hands. So none of them have bare knuckles. So it's a, it's a terrible name. So anyway. As, before- you, as you said that, I just, did you guys ever see <laughs> Hot Shots Part Two? Where yeah. Charlie Sheen is in that that fight, and he's like putting his knuckles in like uh, caramel and then gummy bears and chocolate chips. Yeah, I, it gets me every time. But go on. Okay, so so for for those of you who've never been punched in the mouth, either in a ring or out in public, so you have boxing, which has gloves. You have MMA, which is gloves. Bare knuckle fighting doesn't mean you can't have rings on. It just means you have no gloves on. Well, in the picture, they all have like tape and like it, nothing cool. It's not like brass knuckles or anything like that. Or like chip rings. <laughs> They're class ring. Um, however, before Bare Knuckle or Streets of Rage, the original working title, and let me just go ahead and apologize because this is not um, politically correct anymore. This was 1991, a Japanese developer. The original title was going to be Dragon Swat, and it had a very different set of characters. You had three options, just like in Streets of Rage. Your choices were a guy named God Hand, who was a white karate expert. He was based on Chuck Norris. Then you had Blackbird, who was a black martial arts expert. And then you had Pink Typhoon, who was a female kung fu artist we'd empower people back in the late in the early 90s yeah just a mm, little on the nose there they may um, as well have called the the black character brown lightning just <laughs> so they eventually did change those three characters and and tweak their aesthetic a little bit does anybody remember the names of these three now i'm gonna go with the streets of rage two names and the I characters know, are a little different in Streets of Rage 2. Okay. 
Axel was one of them, right? The, Axel, they Axel it. Stone. And then mm-hmm. Blaze was another, was the girl they carried it through. Blaze and, Fielding. Yeah. And then I know there was Max and uh, the little guy with skates, but I don't, I don't think they were in all three of the games. No. So the original game had Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding and Adam Hunter. Right. And I remember and that because tw- that's her brother's name. And I was like, Hey, sure. it's you, you should play as him. And then we got to play and it was the, like I told you at the beginning, it was like, what's this? bullshit and and then adam's like but i'm not black um so right. the next one though streets of rage 2 skate is adam hunter's little brother yeah because mm-hmm. the story of two is they're going to rescue adam yeah there's been some debate on whether or not streets of rage was created as direct competition against final fight on super nintendo or if it just was one of the inspirations most signs point to Sega just wanting to have a beat em up similar to Final Fight for their console and not really trying to rip them off. If you look at them side by side, they are very different aesthetically. The best way I can compare it is Final Fight sort of looks like Street Fighter. It's very bright yeah. colors. The sprites are very big. Whereas Streets of Rage, the sprites are a little smaller. It's a more neon. And then the music is just this techno thump that is very different. Yeah. Now, as as far as the actual gameplay, uh, it's very straightforward. You walk around and beat the shit out of everybody that gets in your way. Um, While not the most original concept in the world, between the graphics and the incredible music, it was easily one of the best of the genre. In addition to the music, the actual levels help set it apart as well. Although a lot of the levels are streets, there are levels on a beach at night, there's construction zones. And one of the coolest is there's a level where you're on a moving train. So you're fighting and the background is moving as you're moving the opposite direction, which is something you didn't see a lot of back back in those days. All of this was really pushing what the Genesis could do at the time. Another thing about Streets of Rage versus Final Fight is the multiplayer. One of the coolest features of the Streets of Rage series is when you're playing co-op, you can you can do all these moves together. Like one thing that's fun is if you walk up behind your uh, like co-op player, you can grab them and then you can kick as bad guys walk up towards you. Um, you can also hold the guy, a bad guy, like his arms behind his back and let yep. your buddy punch him. Yep. And, and that was just something cool you could do, you know? Yeah, it was a it was a fun little little thing little addition but there honestly in my my memory there really wasn't a lot of chances for that to happen because you were just both fighting off uh jean jacket thugs that were throwing (laughs) knives or pipes (laughs) the smartest strategy you could have in two player is one guy goes to the left side of the screen and one guy goes to the right and when the bad guys come in you just take care of them because if they start to swarm you, that's when you're in trouble. Right. But if your buddy didn't know what to do when the boss came around, ah, it was very frustrating. Speaking so, of bosses, what one last thing about this co-op thing and then, then Sarge. One of the coolest things is if you play through the game as co-op, at the end you fight the, the main bad guy. His name is Mr. X. And he'll ask if you want to be his right-hand man. If you both say no... You both have to fight him. Right. If one of you says yeah, if both of you say yes, you get sent back to level six right. and have to keep going. I do know that. If one says no and one says yes, you have to fight each other. 
<laughs> which I thought was kind of fun. Sarge, what so, were you going to say? So, you know, as to the whether it was a knockoff that SNES Final Fight game or whether it was its own game with inspiration drawn from that, I just looked it up real quick to confirm my suspicion. Super Nintendo was a 240 resolution game system. It was still running 8x8 pixels, whereas the Sega Genesis had what was called a progressive resolution, meaning it could go from 224 resolution to, I want to say it's native, like it's high end, which I believe Streets of Rage was actually made for, was uh, 320. Which makes a difference because you're going from eight by eight pixels to a sixteen by sixteen pixel. When you so it does make it graphically more appealing, and the gameplay itself. Well, I looked it up. You can't copyright that gameplay. None of that matters. What about the bits? <laughs> Remember back in the nineties, everything was bits. You had this is a eight bit console. This is a sixteen bit console, and then the well, I just I just came out. I just said that SNES was still running on eight by eight bits. I know. I you, said that, but you didn't say it. You didn't say the word bits. You said resolution. You did, but no resolution. But it, I, I understand what both of you are saying. Yes, and I, I do think that the uh, the step up in resolution or bits or pick your word. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to talk about your bits, monster. And I do think that step up in uh, from that eight to sixteen. Definitely made a big deal, big difference, and why you can have the background moving, you know. Oh, yeah, the difference, I, I would say, you know, it's really hard to say because you have these graphical leaps every couple of generations. But honestly, the the jump from Nintendo to Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis was just maybe because we were the right age when that happened. But, I mean, that was just like... When I, my, my brother had a Nintendo and then when the next system came out, I was the favorite. So even though they said Super Nintendo, I said Sega Genesis. Guess what we got? A Sega Genesis. I just like, it blew me away. The difference between what was on the NES versus the Sega Genesis. Remember Sega does what Nintendo don't. You're damn right. It does. So Sega. one more funny thing about the, the, the first Streets of Rage game. The composer, Yuzo Koshiro, his name actually appears on the title screen. If you boot up the game, the first image, Streets of Rage, it's got the, the three main characters, and it says Yuzo Koshiro's name on it. It's funny because you usually don't see the composer's name. You see the developer or the creator. Right. You know why? Why? Because his mom called Sega and said, hey, put my son's name on the screen. And they said, okay. <laughs> so his, his mom had to call him. Yes. Now, Wait for the moment. main event, December 20th, 1992, the release of Streets of Rage 2. Hmm. As Danger said earlier, this is the best game in the series. Full stop. No debate. No argument. You can't. This game is, in my humble opinion possibly the very best side-scrolling beat-em-up game ever made okay we we joke around a lot on this show about if monster has an opinion or sarge has an opinion i will tell them they are wrong in their opinion and you know we all do it to each other but if you have the opinion of anything other than it's one of the greatest games of all time you are wrong 
you yep. are wrong as a listener and you deserve to listen to more of our our episodes <laughs> more deserve, of our hot takes <laughs> you deserve to go back to season one and listen to episode two all the way through well i wouldn't wish that on anyone now you can make the argument about console versus arcade whatever doesn't matter streets of rage 2 is amazing the music is great the gameplay is just as good as the first just with minor tweaks that just make it better you've got new characters that give it a whole different feel because honestly the the three characters from the first game yes they're slightly different but there's not a lot of difference whereas with this one, you still have Axel and Blaze, but now you've got Max, who is he's basically a professional wrestler. He and he's slower. your tank. Yeah, he's slower but massively powerful. And then you've got Sammy. Everybody knows him as Skate. He's Adam's younger brother. He's super fast and he's not as strong, but he's got these cool combos. And one of my favorite things to do with Skate is you could grapple somebody flip over to their back and punch them in the back of the head about four times and then kick them with your rollerblades. Oh, I loved it. It was so much fun. Or you could Eddie Gordo spin around. On <laughs> yeah. If you're getting kicked with this roller with a rollerblade hurts. Brutal. Yeah, it hurts. And, and not to mention like if they're at an angle, it's going to just, you're going to get all the wheels, <laughs> <laughs> all the wheels. I mean, I was the one doing the kicking in the rollerblades. I was never on the receiving end. Well, you well, and they're I still very time. different childhoods. Oh, yeah. That's also true. Did. Yeah. Now, it's funny, though, because as great as this game is, it almost didn't happen because Streets of Rage was not a big hit in Japan. Um, so, when the developers originally started working on it, Sega wanted a different game altogether. Uh, eventually, the game was put together by a team of people from seven different uh, development companies. The head creators were the brother and sister duo of Ayano Kashiro and her brother Yuzo Kashiro, the composer of the music from the first game. But now he actually had input on the fighting mechanics and other details of the game. Did their mom uh, call to get her a job? Probably. <laughs> The Kashiros have a very loving mother. Instead of just making a copy of the first game, Sega gave the team a 16 megabit cartridge, which was four times the size of the original cartridge. So in Streets of Rage 2, the sprites are a little bigger. The music's a little clearer. Everything is just amped up a little bit. I feel like they got that 16-bit cartridge and their eyes got big. And... Then they turned it to 11 and they said, let's do it. And they did it. I mean, hell, the uh, the donkey kick, as soon as I learned the donkey kick in Streets of Rage 2, it was game over. And then with Skate, the donkey like, show, the donkey kick, not the donkey oh, show. That God, was a hidden level that only show. you got. <laughs> yeah. The donkey kick that he could, that, God, now his name. I know I said his name just a minute ago. And, Sammy. No, the bigger one. Oh, Max. Max, yes. I don't know why I was having trouble coming up with Max. But but then, like, the like the jump and, you know, kick thing that Sammy could do, or was Skate. His name was Skate in the game. It was Skate. Yeah, yeah. it's Skate. In the, select, in the character select screen, it was Skate. Okay? <laughs> in the story, like, you know, that you have to read, it was Sammy. Sure, whatever. You know, who gives a shit? But, yeah. No. Streets of Rage. I get excited about that one. 
to get inspiration for the level design and everything, the team compiled a bunch of pictures of nineties era pop culture. And they, it, I saw like a little documentary on this if, for anybody that wants some more information, a little more in depth, there's a great YouTube channel called slopes game room mm-hmm. where this, he goes into these huge deep dives the history of all these different gaming franchises. And that's where I got most of the information for this episode is from his episode on, on YouTube. But in that he shows some clips of the studio and you can see all the like American nineties pop culture posters on their wall and those colors and you know, that vibe and they put all that into the game. And if you get a chance, go to YouTube and search the, the TV commercials that they put out for this game. They are ridiculous. I don't, after some of our younger listeners, all two of you, you might not know what kind of TV commercials we had back in the nineties, but they were bonkers. They were gross, violent, misogynistic. They were just over the top in every single way. I'm not describing you, Sarge, I mean, I my am, childhood. But... Stop tearing <laughs> apart my damn childhood. Okay, when it came to... I video... didn't say they were bad. <laughs> when it came to video game advertising in the 90s, it's like all of it was done by MTV's Liquid TV. It was just over the top and just thrown at the wall and seen what sticks until we got to, I want to say, the other end of the PS1 wasn't like that the whole time. And the biggest commercials I remember from PS1 were the Crash Bandicoot goes to... Oh, those were other, yeah. classic. And just basically like yell stuff at them through a bullhorn. And yeah, it's great. Yep. It, it seemed like every single ad for a video game in the 90s was geared toward a 12-year-old kid. It did not matter if it was a game for children. It didn't matter if it was a game for adults. It was the 12-year-old mindset. It was something with big boobs or an exploding head or it was just 12-year-old. Boom. So... So there's actually a reason behind that because when it came to the Sega, which is probably the commercials you paid attention to more. Sega. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that was actually something that was crafted around the, the 12, 13 year old boy. And that was what all of their marketing was geared towards. There's actually a great documentary called console wars. I think it's like a four part documentary. Oh yeah. 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 And they go into that and it was a guy from the U S that was like, I know how to market your system in America and we're going after 13 year old boys, which is not something you should say in a public setting. We are going to isolate you saying go after 13 year old boys. And that's going to be our new intro from from now on. Well, I mean, we have a market. Can we not gloss over the fact that Sarge is making Sonic the Hedgehog proud every time he does his Sega? Yeah, actually your, I think your key is like right on. On target. It's been a while it's since close. I've heard it myself. So. It's close. Very close. As he drinks out of his blue tumbler. <laughs> so facts. Facts. For as incredible as Streets of Rage 2 was, March 17th, 1994, we get Streets of Rage 3. Now, Streets of Rage 3 was very ambitious, but it didn't quite reach the same level as Streets of Rage 2. No. And this one from everything that I've seen, the Japanese version of Bare Knuckle 3 is kind of considered better than the American version of Streets of Rage 3. Either way, they are both 
very different. A lot of the content that was available in the Japanese version was cut out of the American version. A huge problem uh, with this game was that it came out at the very end of the life cycle of the Sega Genesis. The Sega Saturn and the PlayStation had already been released or were coming out right around the same time. So it was hard for people because I was one of those people that um, I think me and like nine other people got a Sega Saturn when it first came out. Dude, I was I was diehard Sega. So I had the Sega Genesis. I never got a Sega CD, but I got the 32X. I had the 32X adapter. Yes, I have the 32X as well. In fact, it's sitting uh, just a few feet away from me. But I thought you did have a Sega CD. I thought no, I never got a Sega CD. No, and that but see that's that's the thing about Sega CD is we thought it happened. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But it didn't really happen. No. So so I got the 32X. I didn't get the thir- the uh Sega CD, but then when PlayStation and Sega Saturn came out, I was like, no, no, no. I'm going with the Saturn. I'm a I'm a Sega guy. After the Saturn, I learned my lesson. I got a PlayStation. I did not get a Dreamcast, and I've been Sony PlayStation ever since. But I had a Dreamcast. It's a great console. It had some great games and not taking anything away from it. But like I said, I've been a PlayStation guy ever since then. But And I still love you anyways. Yeah, yeah. You can be an Xbox guy and be wrong. That's fine. But that's the big reason, the main reason why Streets of Rage 3 did not, I'm going to keep talking so you can't interject, did not succeed because it came out right there at the end of the console's lifespan. And we were already moving on to those janky sharp 3d polygons of tomb raider and so on and so forth now, tomb raider tri- boobies were the best boobies <laughs> the triangle there's that 12 year old demographic we needed <laughs> you know we had to loop them in somewhere if we have to do it with triangle boobs then we will or excuse me it never fail so pyramid boobs never fail rogue comb boobies so just to run down a couple of the differences these are hilarious so the japanese version bare knuckle 3 had more aggressive music and an unlockable kangaroo as a playable character. It also had what could be considered a very insensitive homosexual boss that you had to fight named Ash. Uh, He was also an unlockable playable character, and there was even more. Um, If I remember, when you beat the bosses, like once you played through the game, you got to play, like there's reflectable characters to play back through the game with, right? Something like that, yeah. Now, for some reason, in Streets of Rage 3, they changed the color palettes of the character, and the game was a lot shorter, and they gave you an extra health bar, uh, gave extra health bars to certain bad guys, and there were just a lot of small changes like that, that just kind of made it less fun than Bare Knuckle 3. Yeah, so everything that I've seen has basically said that Streets of Rage 3 is fine, it's just not as good as Streets of Rage 2. But if you want to get the real, you know, vibe of it, Bare Knuckle 3, the Japanese version, is really the more complete vision. Well, I think that happens anytime you do a follow-up game. Is You know, it gets compared to the one before it real quick, obviously, in title sure. itself. And if it's not as good, it's just not as good. Plain and simple. You know, there's no dancing around it. It's just and, not it's, and it's hard to live up to what Streets of Rage 2 did. I mean, right. it was just... Put it this way, Streets of Rage was a a really good game. 
Now for you, if you play two first, I can see why it's hard to go back to one and really enjoy yeah, it. Absolutely. But, but when Streets of Rage first came out, that was a great game. Streets of Rage 2 did everything Streets of Rage 1 did, but a little bit better. And then Streets of Rage 3 just kind of was in the middle of the two. It, it did. Been. It could have been better, but I think I think coming out of Streets of Rage 2, it just wasn't enough. No. I think if you go back, like right now, you haven't played any of them in years, you go back and play 3 now, it's not that bad. It's still a good beat-em-up game. It just couldn't live up to the hype. And again, you had you had the next gen coming out. You had the CD-based games coming out. It just couldn't compete. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, N64 came out at the same time CD-based games came out, the, the PlayStation, Sega Saturn, stuff like that. Yeah, but that was 64 bits. I know it was 64 bits. It's a bit, lot more bits than 16. It was still cartridge-based. And cartridge-based, I, I think Nintendo's proved that cartridge-based doesn't really matter. I know there's a lot of reason and logic for going cartridge back to cartridge with the Switch, but I don't think cartridge or CD really makes a difference. It just really has to do with the quality of the game. And quite frankly, Streets of Rage 3 was just not as good of a game as 2 was, plain and Pretty simple. Much. And, you know, Streets of Rage 2 set a bar, and it was a bar that Streets of Rage 3 did not see and ran right into full on just bam right in the forehead and it just it couldn't live up to it that's simple that's great it's real real good analogy there thank you for that appreciate that i so (laughs) so i'm gonna run through this next section real quick before i get to the the final part that i really want to talk about after streets of rage 3 Several remakes and reboots and all this stuff were pitched and worked on and all to varying degrees of success. Weren't there spinoffs? Sort of. So one of the most famous, and this is probably what you're thinking about, is Core, who made Tomb Raider, wanted to do a uh, Streets of Rage game for PlayStation 1. But eventually with licensing and all that stuff it ended up becoming uh judgment force i don't remember Uh, judgment force so excuse me actually so it was going to be judgment force and then it was going to be called streets of rage 3 and then it all fell apart and then became the game fighting force that's right i don't remember fighting force either so okay so it was it was a i'm guessing by sergeant's face he does not either it's not good. It's not good. It's right there at the beginning of the 3D era with the real sharp polygons. And it's like a beat em up similar in style, but they're trying to do the 3D thing. And it just, it's not good. I mean, it's not Play- terrible, but it's not th- good. That PlayStation 1 was the, the pinnacle, or not the pinnacle, the poster shot, whatever. There was no other system that did quite like what I was talking about in the beginning of this episode that they figured out what they could do. I mean, you saw that system go from Tomb Raider, Triangle, Pyramid Boobs to Abe's Oddworld. And they were just oh sure opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. as far as what a game was. And, you know, now we are turning out systems without truly seeing what they can really do. You, have to, you also have to remember, like, CD-based games, which this is what I love about the CD-based games, like what PlayStation had, is, like, I remember Final Fantasy had, like, six Ugh. discs. 
And to fire up the game, you had to put in the first disc, click continue, and then it'd tell you to put in like disc four. Yeah. And you throw in disc four and you play on disc four. And if you need to go back and do something, you'd be like, put in disc two. So you got to throw in disc two while not scratching any of your disc. Because if you scratch the disc, right. you had to go rebuy. <laughs> Maybe it's it, just it came because in a CD booklet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just because I, even as a kid, could not play more than just like maybe two hours max at a time. But if I got a game and it was two or three discs, I almost immediately set it down because it was like, I I can't. Like, it's overwhelming at that point. Agreed. I It was just a lot to keep up with. The fear of commitment. (laughs) That's what it is. Yes. So (laughs) let's make this a deep-rooted personal issue. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to... We're going to dig some dirt here. Moving on. So then on the Sega Dreamcast, they brought back some of the old developers, but Sega of America didn't see the importance of the Streets of Rage franchise, so it was scrapped again. Uh, In 2010, Summit Sega said a new game was being developed using the Condemned engine, which I don't know if either one of y'all played the Condemned games, but as a survival horror guy, oh, those games are amazing. Great game. Yeah, I did not. Great game. The eye poke with the glass shot. And then Condemned 2 has this whole thing with a bear. Anyway, that would have been really cool. It got scrapped. This went on and on. Several times people would try this. However, in 2003, a fan-made game called Beats of Rage was made. And this was available for download, and it was a hit. It was downloaded over a million times. Was it rated X? No. Not beats of one f not off are you sure it was made that? available for download and became a hit it was downloaded over a million times it was ported uh work on several consoles fans used sprites from several different franchises you had marvel characters street fighter streets of rage all of these things and it was a beat-em-up and it looked and played very much like streets of rage and it showed that this style of the game was still a big hit so april 3rd 2011 Streets of Rage remake. This wasn't a new game per se, but it was a reworking of pretty much everything out of the previous three games. It had over a hundred stages, 19 playable characters, 64 enemies, 76 song soundtrack. And two days after it came out, Sega said, take it down or we're going to sue the shit out of you. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. I'm still like Sarge. I go through it's like a roller coaster of emotion between hope and just loss of hope. Just hope, just everything's good until you say something like rated X. <laughs> no, I, remember, I take it back. Oh, You're still vivacious. <laughs> I, okay. I do remember beats of rage, not beats off rage or whatever your <laughs> rage and beat. What are you raging while beating? Never mind. <laughs> See, okay. This is why I do it. This is why I do it. To derail everything we love? Yes. So within this, I in my head, I have this thing of like animated beats from like a farm <laughs> fighting villains. <laughs> I'm so, you're so pure. What a, what a cute answer. <laughs> I, I want that now. You ever played jump kick? It's just, that's your only moves. You could jump and kick. I like that's, that's it. Anyway. All right, everyone shut up. So (laughs) at this point, nothing really happened for a really, really long time until April 30th, 2020. 
Streets of Rage 4. Yes. This game rocks. This game is so damn good. I've only played a little bit of it because I don't want to play it all the way through by myself. I do want to play it with somebody else because that was the, the fun of Streets of Rage 2 to me. I want to get into this one more and more. Sarge is beat red. <laughs> and he's still thinking about that rated X beat em up game that he's got in the back of his mind. Oh, my mind's still in the gutter. It's a rated Danger's X beat em off game. Oh, when, God. When, okay. Danger said he didn't want to play, but he wanted to play by himself because he didn't want to play. He wants to play with somebody else later. Can we please just talk about these video games, you pervs? I, you know, I am all for a conversation about Streets of Rage, and Streets of Rage Four was a great game, and was not. I enjoyed what I played of it. What? What do you mean was not? Did not enjoy it. That doesn't mean it's not a good game. It just means you're incorrect. Oh, really? Yes. Says Streets of Rage Four says the awesome. man wearing a Steelers jersey with no sleeves. Yeah. A Steelers football basketball jersey. Wrap your mind around that one, people. Listen, Streets of Rage 4 was released April 30th, 2020. It was developed by Lizard Cube and Guard Crush Games. It was published by Dotmu, and it's incredible. So here's the thing. For anybody that's played it, the game has more of a cell-shaded art style, almost reminiscent of games like Comic Zone or Beautiful Joe. It doesn't really have that same pixelated feel from the original Streets of Rage game. However, the developers, and and they're probably right about this, said they felt this was probably the style that the original developers kind of wanted to go with. The technology just wasn't there yet. And they're probably right. They probably wanted something that was a little more colorful and a little bit more detailed. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because as you progress through the game, you unlock all the pixelated versions of the characters. So you can play as them if you prefer. I thought the art style of it was great. It actually reminded me, the the whole cell shaded thing always reminds me of a game called 13. If you guys haven't played 13. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that game, even though it's pretty much a born identity thing, but it's uh, a French, it's based off of a French graphic novel. But yeah, I thought it was a great game. Sarge, I would like to hear you in one short sentence, I guess, if you could do it. Why didn't you like it? I am curious about that. It's the nostalgia factor. Uh, honestly, it, it was the nostalgia factor. I picked up the game. I was excited to play the game. But then I started to play the game. And I was like, this is just no. Okay. I just didn't like it. Okay. I, like, really, I have no other rhyme or reason other than I just didn't like it. I put it down. I never picked it up again. Matter of fact, I think I got rid of it. Yeah, I think so. In Sarge's defense, while I think this is a great game, I think it's a lot of fun. It harkens back to that old school mentality. At this stage, at tw- in 2020, the kind of games that people were used to playing, Streets of Rage 4 could feel antiquated. There is the nostalgia factor, and if you grew up playing these games and you love them, you recognize all the characters and the throwbacks and the homages. But at the end of the day, it's very simple. It's still, you walk from left to right and you punch shit. So I, I understand that if it's sort of like, uh, I could see how someone who maybe didn't just die hard love the original games might not necessarily click with this one as hard. 
Now I got a question for you. The the Streets of Rage series was exclusive to Sega. What now Sega doesn't have a system anymore, doesn't have hardware. Was it exclusive to something specific or was it just available everywhere? No, uh I don't remember what year it was, but at some point Sega basically just said we're out of the the hardware market, we're going into the software market and I, they've been developing games for multi-platforms. I so, think Dreamcast was their last hardware. I think so too. Sarge? Uh do you know? I think so. Yeah. So as far as I know, it's 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 multi-platform. I think it's I think it's available. Uh I, I got it when PS4, no, but I, I think it was on Xbox 360 as well. I lied. Sega went back into uh con- uh console um hardware cabinet games. Okay. Cabinet games oh, okay. for a little bit. Okay. Cuz I remember like the crazy cuz like the crazy taxi ride uh at the arcade, the crazy taxi rides. Oh. Oh. When those came out, they had to be old Sega logos okay. on the actual cars themselves that you would sit in. Yeah. For the drive. But like like crazy I have, taxi I'm not was mis- a great game. Because if I'm not mistaken, I want to say just within the past couple of years, they released some new Sonic the Hedgehog games. They did. And those are for Xbox and PlayStation, I believe. There's no ex- exclusivity. It might not be on Nintendo because, you know, that's yeah. still kind of a thing. But yeah. um, I'm sure that's still a bit of a sore spot for them. That's Nintendo's fault, though. Almost every <laughs> game you buy nowadays is cross-platform. So it doesn't matter what game station or platform that you play on except for nintendo of course this is nintendo's fucking stupid you can you know you can play with anybody like i can play a game with luke on his freaking playstation while i'm on my computer if we both have the same game now i guess in the end nintendo did what sega couldn't don't don't do that don't do that i can't i can't I can't sit idly by while you do things like that. I just, I just can't. One more little side note, just to brag a little bit. The band that I sometimes play guitar with, Game Breaks, our nerdcore hip hop group, actually wrote a song uh, around the time that Streets of Rage 4 was coming out as kind of a hype song for the game. And it actually got to the developers of the game and if you go to YouTube, and uh, I apologize because I don't know exactly what the link is or how to find it exactly, but there is a Streets of Rage promotional commercial that the developers cut together using the Game Break song as the music for the commercial. Yeah. And because those guys are ridiculously talented, it has thousands of views. And Cool song. It's, it's one of the ones that we almost always play when, whenever we, we do a live show. But as of right now, as of 2023, that is the Streets of Rage Legacy. I think that it is, it's one of those game series that has really stood the test of time. I think most people, when they think back to a console, certain games come to mind. And when you think about Sega Genesis, I'm pretty sure Streets of Rage, at least Streets of Rage 1 and 2, are right there near the top of some of the best games they ever had on the on the console if you're more of a yeah if you're more of a super nintendo fan maybe you're more of a final fight guy but for me as a sega genesis kid the streets of rage beat em up games were just they're classic and they hold a, a a nice spot in my heart and who knows streets of rage 4 was very popular when it came out it got a ton of downloads 
I wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see something else in the future. I don't know if it's a Streets of Rage 5. I don't know if it's just some kind of a spinoff, but hey, who knows? Maybe. Streets of Rage 2.5. I don't know. <laughs> now, Reboot. that would be cool if they brought back some of, like, because they, they brought back Max in Streets of Rage 4, but they didn't bring back Sammy. So there's no skate in Streets of Rage 4, and there should be. So what you're telling me is, with the Streets of Rage 4, the car can still go because it does have an axle. No. Nope. I, oh, like I don't like it when you do things Good like one. <laughs> good one. Is that your dad joke? Is that where we're going to... That's, that's how we're segueing into this? That's an off-the-cuff dad joke. <laughs> yes. I wasn't planning on pushing us in that direction, but you know what? Here we are. What do you call a well-balanced horse? <laughs> Stable. Stable. I don't. I don't care. I like the setup better than the punchline. <laughs> hey, do you want to know why I don't want to fight Stephen? Why? You never want to get in a fight with an ugly person. They have nothing to lose. True story. Mm. True story. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Since you got red hair, maybe you can answer this one. What do you call an angry carrot? A steamed vegetable. Yep. Yep. I, uh, that's one of, that's, that's one of my favorites. I love that one. So, okay. My favorite video game joke, a talk between video game consoles. Nintendo says, do you remember when we were the video game consoles? All people wanted to have Sega says, I do. Atari says, I have no memory. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. What do you call a battle between two redheads? I don't a know. ginger beef. Mm. Who would win in a street fight between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? The public. Everyone watching. <laughs> I have no more video game based dad jokes, but you guys are not even trying to video game up your dad jokes. So mine are all fighting related. <laughs> How do you keep warm in a cold room? You go to the corner. How? It's always 90 degrees. Uh, how can you tell when you've satisfied a redhead? What is your deal with redhead jokes tonight? That's weird. Why are you so fascinated with redheads? Oh, just the jokes that popped up on my phone. I have a whole list of jokes. I'm at the redhead section. Okay. So yeah, the algorithm is telling us something. Please continue. I'm surprised. Usually the redheads are the forgotten ones. I thought you liked them dark. Hair. Dark hair. Sorry. Go ahead. Wow. Go on. Go on, Sarge. How can you tell whether you've satisfied a redhead when she unlocks the handcuffs? It's a dark joke. It is. Why is it okay for an ice company to commit fraud? Because their assets are already frozen. I love it. I love that one. I'm Thanks. going to use that one. Thanks. Go for it. Go for it. It's all yours. Well, I have no more. Jo- I, I have no I've got more one jokes more. on that list. I've got one more. Two artists got into a fight. It ended in a draw. Mm, gotcha. It's not as good as the ice one. It's good, though. It's not as good as the ice one. None of them are as good as a stable horse. <laughs> what type of nails do carpenters hate to hammer? Fingernails. Oh. As someone that has smashed my thumb with hammers before, I feel that pain. Yeah. As a guitar yeah, no, player with creeping, uh, uh, what's the word? Fungus? No. Uh, arthritis. arthritis? Yeah. 
that that one hurts too. Yeah, I've uh, I feared the waffle head of your your hammer, Sarge. <laughs> okay, just... well, on waffle head, let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to us. Please, if you have an idea for a topic or a comment or just want to throw some hate our way or just a general comment, uh, Danger and Sarge. Danger and Sarge. I don't know what might happen to my mouth there yet. Danger. Danger. Danger and Sarge. Danger and Sarge at gmail.com. No, I didn't have a stroke, but you can stroke your keyboard, stroke the keys (laughs) on your keyboard and type in Danger and Sarge at gmail.com. That's the game Sarge was talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. It all comes back in the end, right? Strokes of rage. Strokes of rage. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye. Later. It's over. Done. Done.